talking about demons. What are the demons? Voices. Tell me about them. What are the voices about? This one is another voice, the evil side. Yeah, whatever your name is, hey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Evil Examined. Uh, again, we are we have returned, and this week we'll be doing the Forbidden Five on horror movies that are based off of some truth, but we'll find out just exactly how much truth uh, in these horrific events. But digitally, obviously, we are joined by JP as we don't want to infect each other again. And, uh, again. And then we have uh, our good friend Brandon from Death Drop Gorgeous. Uh, he's he's has the most credentials out of any of the guests. He said the guy's a filmmaker. He's an actor. Uh, you know, he just he does it all. What uh, what's what's going on with the film? Do you want to? I know you were on last week and you kind of gave us an update, but just maybe remind folks and just fucking brainwash these people to watch your movie eventually. <laughs> So, um, actually, DreamWorks picked up our film. Uh, no, so. Um, <laughs> They're turning it into like a Pixar. <laughs> Dixar. Cut off. Dixar. Pixar loves glory holes and drag queens. Uh, so, since the movie, um, as you all know, there's the coronavirus, and uh, we got into a few. Wait, parts. what's that, dude? <laughs> <laughs> the what? This hot new thing all, all the kids are doing. Um, we got to a bunch of, uh, not a bunch, a few fests, and um, they all got pushed back. Um, so our movie was kind of in festival states. So you can't really do a public premiere until a festival premieres, and they want the premiere rights. Um, as badly as we want to get it out there, uh, we kind of have to abide by festival rules. Um, so a lot of them don't know what they're doing. Some are going to do their fests online. Some are pushing them back. Um, so we kind of don't know what's happening. Um, just follow us on social media. We'll keep you updated. Uh, but hopefully soon we'll have some answers and we get this, this thing out there. <laughs> Would you say any part of your movie is based off true events? <laughs> oh my God. Actually, actually, yeah, I'd say 75%. Of it. <laughs> and that includes some murders, Jeez. people. Um, <laughs> Sounds great. But yeah, make sure to check out uh, www.deathdropgorgeous for updates or the Evil Examined social media will provide updates as it as they come. Um, but yeah, thanks again for joining us. We have a very special episode today. We thought having a filmmaker in-house for this 
uh, would excite the audience and entice them. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> additionally, uh, this this episode was recommended by uh, gentleman Jack Ledger from the UK. He reached out to us saying, uh, "Huge fan of the show. Just wondering if there was an episode focusing on the subject of horror films based on true events. It will be cool to hear your thoughts on it." It creates some skepticism how much how much events are embellished on the big screen. Cheers for the awesome listening content. So thank you, uh, Jack Ledger. That's uh, he's a porn star banker uh, from the UK, and uh, this is our first fan request. So you know, guys, that's uh, what is it? Evilexamine at gmail or you could just hit us up on social media, and uh, you know, you give us a request, maybe we'll do it. Right? We might. We might. We might. You can't make any promises, but... Yeah, but... Okay, so... Look at Jack Ledger. Right? <laughs> so when you guys see a movie that includes based on true events or inspired by true events in the marketing or in the beginning in the credits... What do you think? It's full of shit. <laughs> right? That's, that's one. I've seen it so many times. <laughs> I've, right, I've seen that at the beginning of porn movies too, you know? Inspired by two <laughs> events? That's so stupid. And I'm telling you, these films were ludicrous. <laughs> my, my, my favorite horror movie of all time is uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And um, I love that they say it's based on true events and it's so fucking loose. So loose, <laughs> right? But like, it really like one of my favorite things about that movie is the ad campaign for that film. And like, this to say that this is true, back in you know the seventies that came out, people were like really terrified of it. Like, oh my god, this is a true story, blah blah blah. And, and the hype machine rolled on. And um, I think they really catapulted their movie into limelight because of things based on events and you know just how it all went down. Um, begin the movie, all of it, you know, they start rolling through the credits based on true events, all the trailers for it was fucking ingenious. Right. So part of the, it's like part of the marketing campaign versus being part of the integrity of the authenticity of the movie. Right. Oh, totally. I mean, Blair Wimps did it too. It was fucking ingenious. Like there's nothing, nothing about that true story. Um, but like those commercials, remember in high school, I'm like, what the fuck is this movie? People thought it was real. They had like those fake segments on TV about um, commercials with the mom, with like, you know, these kids are missing, blah, blah, blah. And people thought it was real. They kept saying it was real. I, I loved it. And I think some yeah. of the best parts of that movie were the ad campaign saying it was true. And and that, like the the method of the filming added to the idea that it was based on true events, right? Because really? it was like all in the found footage style. Right? And so it added, it bit into that based on true events, like, style. Yeah, and we, we were having this conversation, Brandon, and you pointed out that there were a, a few movies that did it earlier than Blair Witch, but, but maybe maybe this is the first one to do it on such a wide national scale somehow, you know? Even though yeah. it feels like it shouldn't have been, but like you said, like, I believe you pointed out Cannibal Holocaust and um, yeah. there was one other one too that's on Prime right now. That was a few years before Blair Witch. I'm the last broadcast. Yes, the last broadcast. Yeah. Yep. So if you guys are into that shit, that's on Prime. That's a, so that movie is so underrated. It's excellent, excellent movie. 
Does it affect how you guys view the movie or like the lens you watch it in if you think it's inspired by true events? And like, do you think it adds credibility to the movies or situations that you would otherwise find unbelievable if they include that element? I think it adds intrigue. I think, you know, like a, a, a little, it's definitely makes it more intriguing. It'll make you wonder. Because you, most people don't take face value and say, "Oh, the whole movie's true." So it kind of will make your head think about, you know, well, what parts are true? You know, like uh, could that was the murder true? Like, it, I think that part of it makes it kind of cool. What's that, Gene? I become more open and receptive to uh, what I'm watching. Does it make it scarier if you think it might have actually happened? Um. In in a way, yeah, yeah, it, it adds that creepy factor, right? But there's some it's movies or concepts, right, that you just can't wrap your head around being inspired by true events, right? Like there's some things that it's just too far fetched for you to be like, okay, I buy this is has some grain of truth in it, right? I've noticed uh, that facts are sometimes weirder than fiction. That's true. So true. Yeah. Did you guys ever have to watch like a class and or like ever have to watch a movie in history class where it's like, oh, this is gonna this movie's gonna represent this like entire period of a society and this is the truth about what happened and you guys have to watch this movie? Did oh that happen to you guys? Did you have to watch this in history? I think everybody did, right? <laughs> which which movies? I feel yeah. like everyone had to watch Roots. Yeah, Roots. Yeah. Um, we had to watch Forrest Gump. That was one. Oh, I we watched uh, Born on the Fourth of July. That's that's a pretty fucked up movie. Is that like a Bruce Springsteen biography? <laughs> it sounds it? like it, but no, it's like a Tom Hanks movie where he's <laughs> his legs are blown off. Like he's like a Vietnam veteran and he's in a wheelchair, and it's just like his whole evolution through life. But it's a real emotional it's movie. And also they made us watch this this version of Romeo and Juliet where like there was this beautiful long-haired girl swimming naked and like all the kids were like, yeah, it's fucking naked. Look at that sweet ass. And then they switched the camera angle and it's a fucking dude with like a big bush. <laughs> and they were like, oh. <laughs> yeah. I remember trying to show us the gods must be crazy. And within the first five minutes, our class started a TNA chant. So it was like, you know, the... the African tribe is all naked and like titties everywhere. And uh, the TNA sh- chant got the whole thing shut off. <laughs> <laughs> See, but like that's what's presented as truth later on, right? Like, because when yeah. they show that, when you show something in a school to a class and you're like, all right, this, this is, this is our history. <laughs> this is how things are embedded. Like, and then you throw on that, oh, this is inspired by true events to like the marketing of a movie too. It like justifies it for use later on in a history class. But we're going to try to focus on horror movies, which I doubt would be used in history class, even though if they actually are based on true events, it would be a wonderful deterrent. Well, there was, there was <laughs> that criminal, one. Future criminals. There was that one lady that played the ABCs of death too in front of her young students and got <laughs> fired. But wait, really? What? Yeah, uh, I guess like she just played. You know, they thought it was too violent and sexual, and she ended up getting fired. But wait, really, violent and sexual. <laughs> <laughs> wait, how old was her class? 
Um, I think they were like fifth graders or some shit. <laughs> but either like yeah, 11. they were they were like they're like really young. But either way, I wanted to get that out. But I wanted to circle back to Gods Must Be Crazy because I mean, how fucking brilliant to make a movie where the star of the film is a fucking Coke bottle. That's marketing for you. Brilliant, dude. Like, you don't even have to pay one of your actors. In fact, you can use it as a glass to drink a refreshing glass. beverage. <laughs> uh, from what I could it. find... <laughs> what's, that, what's that, Brennan? I never saw it. I, mean, I saw the first five minutes. Oh, you just saw the tits? Yeah. <laughs> Let me... Hold on. We TNA. can't... Hold on. Did you have your fist in the air when you were chowning TNA? <laughs> I'm sure it was. The whole class got on board. <laughs> Do you? So you still to this day don't know the premise of the film? Not really. No. Let Let me just tell you real quick, just a little. Never thought about it. It's that this this <laughs> this third world tribe, um, uh, people littering from an airplane, a glass coke bottle, and it lands in this tribe's camp, and these. These African folks don't have any fucking clue like what this Coke bottle is. But before long, the Coke bottle, they found so many amazing uses for it. Like they can fucking beat coconuts <laughs> and like and like fruit and mash it so easily. They use it for everything. Like this thing's amazing. And then it starts tearing them apart. Like this fucking Coke bottle is the star of the movie, dude. It's it's the weirdest shit. But it's literally based on true events if you think about it that way and what Coca-Cola did to Africa. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so from what I could find, there are no rules on marketing something as it being based on a true story. And there's not really like any ne legal need to limit your creative adaptations on true stories unless you're going to offend people. That's where you get in trouble because you can get sued for libel. And, like, this really started being a crime, I guess, after MGM got sued by... They made this movie about Rasputin, and I don't I don't really know a lot about that except from the Anastasia movie, so I'm just going to go straight up Disney Anastasia or whatever. Yeah. It's not Disney. It's the other, some other company, but it's a cartoon. And so there was one Russian princess that was still alive, and they made this Rasputin movie, and she's like, yo, you're talking about how terrible... Like, this entire family is and stuff. You're making me look real bad. And so she sued MGM and won. And so that's when you start seeing that thing pop up that's... I feel like it's always on... I know it mostly from Law & Order, where it pops up and it's like, uh, like the preceding story, everyone is fictitious kind of thing. So that fictitious person disclaimer that you see pop up, even though you know the characters are going to be real people or based off of real people... Kind of thing. So like, like SVU did an episode about, you know, when Paula Dean called someone the N word, like they did an episode about that, except for they made the character was played by Sybil Shepard and they mixed that with the Trayvon Martin stuff. So they had like a celebrity chef killing a guy in a hooded sweatshirt get what arrested played by civil shepherd say that again but they're a like celebrity <laughs> chef <laughs> killing a guy in a hooded sweatshirt yeah because they just rip their stories out of headlines i love law and order so much they just rip their stories out of headlines and then they have this thing pop up same like how south park does like they just have this thing pop up that's like any 
Anything that is related to a true person is completely fictitious and unintentional. <laughs> and it's like, oh, really? It, like, yeah, matches the headlines exactly. Like, they did one about, like, Rihanna and Chris Brown that was so similar to their story. It's just great. I love it. Um, And some <laughs> people got cute with, like, their things. Like, an American werewolf in London, they put, like no resemblance to anyone living or undead kind of shit. Like, they just uh, add in, like, cute things Is that to protect it. from, like, the wolfman or something? <laughs> I guess. It just means stupid. But uh, some movies will hire, like, um, media lawyers to secure errors and emissions insurance when they're doing something that's, like, based off a true story in case they get sued down the line. So they'll, like, try to have that insurance ahead of time. In case someone's not happy with how something comes out that they based off of some part of a true story or if someone has, like, the same name as someone in the film. Um, so basically, like, any movie ever, you could probably argue, has some basis uh, as being inspired by a true event. So this was a really hard one to, like, narrow down for me. Like, Nightmare on Elm Street, right? If you're going to think about that movie, do you think it was inspired by a true event? Well, I'm familiar with it. I don't know about you, Brandon, but... I'm, I'm familiar with it, too. So, yeah, yeah. JP? So you guys know that thing well, about it. It's not quite Freddy Krueger, but it's like this kid that, you know, did have a coffee pot in the, in the fucking bedroom, right? And w- was obsessed with staying up and thought they were going to die in their dreams, right? Yeah, he was like... A Cambodian guy who escaped the killing fields, like a little kid, and then he would have like nightmares and PTSD every night, and he died in his sleep because he would try not to sleep, but he's like a little kid, you know what I mean? Like, he's not like a cute girl and with Freddy's tongue coming out of the phone, like... Can you imagine if they would have done that with a Cambodian child instead of... <laughs> Brennan, I think I, I Brennan, I think I found your next project, dude. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street remake Cambodia. <laughs> oh my god. So Oh my god. It's like it's super difficult. I haven't even gotten out of my five yet, but like it's super difficult to narrow this category or narrow this down for like horror movies inspired by true events. So I just kind of Divided it into categories, made a huge list of different movies in each category, and then just chose one that I liked a part of the story of. So the first one, the first category was supernatural. And so that already has a hurdle of like proving if something's true or not. Like JP, you've experienced weird shit in your life. Like, right? Like shit you can't explain. For sure. uh, From play, you know? Like, and if that was ever made into a movie, it'd be fucking terrifying. Um, but, I want to know that. Oh, my God. Uh, but some facts are completely Episode indisputable. One. Like, if there was a horrific murder that took place in a house that's already been proven, right, to have taken place in a house, and a new family moves into that house, like, you know that that shit's true. It's, like, different aspects of what happened to them once they moved in that only they can account for that's hard to say for certain happened. But there's a lot of movies with that theme and with different supernatural themes. Like there's ghosts, different paranormal things, haunted houses, haunted objects. I threw in exorcisms and possession into this category too. There's a lot of them where there's tons, they're based off of or inspired by true events. 
So this is just a list of ones that I didn't choose to talk and, about. And some of these are super interesting. And uh, they all are if you think about like what's behind it. Yeah. Yeah. She shared a couple with me. So there's an American Haunting, Poltergeist, The Conjuring, Amityville Horror, The Disappointments Room, The Haunting in Connecticut, um, Deliver Us from Evil, The Possession, The Right, The Exorcist, Annabelle, Child's Play apparently was supposedly based off of some factual things (laughs) because there was a guy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, even that shit, like, tries to throw that behind it. Then there's there's the exorcism of Emily Rose, which JP talked about on a different episode, and that story is completely insane. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? The Oh, that was the possession obsession episode. Mm-hmm. Which actually, if you yeah. if you like this topic, the possession obsession episode from season one also has um, the cursed movies, Forbidden Five, which Poltergeist and The Exorcist are totally cursed just with their filmings, yeah. anyways. So check that out if you're if you like this type of content, be sure to check that episode out. And it was also difficult because a lot of those places are local too, like all of these haunted houses, like the true houses where these things took place that inspired this are close to Rhode Island also. So it's like I don't know. Well, we have the yeah, the um the Conjuring house. Have you have you gone over there yet? No, I haven't been yet. I want to check it out. We've been talking about it, um, and the guy welcomes people now. Cause new well, not o- right now. New ownership, <laughs> yeah, not now for sure, but but new ownership bought it. It's not just like people living there anymore. It's like a paranormal enthusiast lives there now, so it's kind of cool. That is cool. But the one that I chose was Winchester, and I fucking hate the movie, but I love so the bad. story behind it. Have you guys seen this movie? Uh, it's terrible it's so bad right i i i'm convinced their computer made that film off some logarithm i don't think humans have anything to do with that (laughs) it's so less trite garbage for anyone that like really liked it i fell asleep before the ending so maybe you're right (laughs) i mean but you're the lucky few (laughs) i i would describe the film as agonizing and yeah. I love Helen Mirren. Remember when we looked up pictures of Helen Mirren, like half naked when she was younger? Like she's, yeah, yeah. yeah. When did we do that? How high were we? It was a couple. Of, it was a few episodes ago. Um, but so this movie came out in 2018, and I wrote that it was the most boring movie of all time, starring the amazing Helen Mirren as Sarah Winchester. Being visited by a drugged-out psychologist hired by the Winchester Company to assess her mental health. Spoiler alert if anyone really wants to see this shitty film. Uh, we fell asleep watching it, but it turns out there was a Sixth Sense plot twist, and the guy assessing her is also a ghost that didn't realize he was dead. Like, we're still doing Sixth Sense? Like, has it happened? Has it been too long for people to, like, not want that plot again? Well, wouldn't this be the Seventh Sense? Since, I don't even know. Since they already did that? Why are they uh, doing it near and dirty like that? Like, does she owe someone a favor? Like, I just, you know, I don't know. She's so hot for an old lady. <laughs> um, <laughs> what What's fucked up about this is that the true story behind it and the house are completely amazing, right? Yeah, and so, so it's cool. like, it's like they fucked up a good thing, you know? 
but they only had 72 hours to film in the house. And everything else was done uh, in Australia at the director's home. So it's like, if you only, like, honestly, a lot of what's awesome about Winchester is being there in the house and knowing all the crazy shit that happened. And there's, like, a real connection. Like, you you can see it in the architecture. Like, I got to go there and visit it and, like, tour it. But, like, dude, I don't know. It's just they didn't have enough time there to tell a real story to film it because it's like I think that the place just wanted to keep making money and they didn't get like the dollar sign they wanted. 72 hours? That's nothing. It's real quick. So you can get Helen Mirren in your movie. You can't build a fucking set that looks like the house. Like, don't get it. I mean, after yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but the true story is insane. So Sarah Winchester, she was the heir to the Winchester fortune. She kind of like married into it. And she uh, had a kid with a dude that was the Winchester heir. Kid died of some disease. Uh, I think they had another kid too. And that kid died also. And so she's a widow. And she's like, oh, fuck. And she moves from Connecticut to San Jose and to an eight-bedroom farmhouse. And then she's like oh, fuck, all these ghosts are visiting me and they are the fucking people that my husband's uh, creation killed, you know? So she's like, all these people died by guns and we invaded all these, like, Native American lands to, like, and shot them with our guns. So now I'm going to build this house that's going to house enough rooms for them to be able to survive and I... So there. you're saying she felt, that she felt guilty for her source of wealth. You're saying a movie named Winchester is ironically not pro gun. It's not. It's not pro gun, <laughs> but it's not not pro gun. Like they did. They did some weird shit in that movie. I think they made like they made the culprit like a fucking Confederate soldier or something. But like, why would he be in San Jose? Like, it doesn't even make sense. Like, none of the movie makes sense. It was it was horrific, agonizing. I'll say the, it again, agonizing. But the house is really crazy, and uh, if you want to support the Winchester house, you can tour it online. You can like pay the money to go online because they can't have visitors right now. But when I went there, they have like these weird steps because she had arthritis. She's a mad old lady that are super like low and stuff. They had a toilet that had a window built into the door, so you could like watching people go to the bathroom. That was like her servant thing. I don't know. Uh, the Isn't number, that illegal? Uh, not there. If you like, if you're into that, that's what you should do. Is go go Yo. check out there, go on their tour. Game see on, if you can Winchester. Special, special request someone to go in that. <laughs> they had a doorway leading to nowhere. Like it did. Like you know how like you go some places and they feel fucking haunted. That place felt haunted. Yeah. Don't they have like a lot of like doors to nowhere and stuff? They have one door to nowhere where you just. Like, apparently, if they let you out there, you just, like, fall. I don't know. It was a really cool place. Because she had endless funds, and she was completely fucking crazy. Like, what would you guys do if you had no money? Or, no, if you had, like, endless money? Oh, what would I do? Yeah. Endless money? And you could build anything you wanted for your house. Endless money. Roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, didn't she leave a bunch of shit for her cat? Like, wasn't that a thing, too? Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I think she like had a cash with like a ton of money too as well. The Winchester Cathedral lady. I, I could be wrong, but I remember hearing that too. That 
That would be really cool. I haven't heard that, but it, I feel like it would make sense because instead of it going to any of her errors, like the house went up for auction and people that just wanted to exploit it bought it. <laughs> but it, okay, you might not be able to get the house from the cat, but you could probably punk the shit out of the cat and get like maybe the book collection or the <laughs> rifles, you know? Mm. Like, Hell yeah. <laughs> the cat's just mad smart about it. Actually, last week we saw your cat come across the screen, Brennan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What's your cat's name? Helen Mirren? Helen Murren? <laughs> Helen Perrin. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Her name's Link. She's, I, I don't know what the fuck she was doing. She had no reason to walk across this. She's just being evil. She looked cool, though. I enjoyed she's it. Cool. She looks off all of her front her legs, so she's like, and she has like this post-apocalyptic couture that she stretched on the house with. She's kind of like Tina Turner and Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, so that's number one. Number two category is serial killer. So do you guys have a favorite serial killer? Like real life or fictional? <laughs> I'm kind of partial to the Zodiac killer. Uh, didn't get caught, taunted the police, uh, made his own code. Uh, his his fucking codes were kind of funny. He wanted to kill people that, that whistled and chewed mint gum. I can't stand people that whistle, so I, I feel like, uh, I, yeah, I love him. But how do you feel about mint gum? <laughs> uh, I don't mind mint gum. I can't fucking stand people that whistle, though. It drives me insane. It's weird, right? It's it's like a, what it's about a, it bothers you? Is it because you can't whistle? Because I can't I whistle. Can whistle. It's just this, it's just it's weird. I it, can't. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I, I'm not a fan. It's like what the fuck are you so happy about? Is that, that what it is? It's just it's just annoying. It's just weird. Like people do it out of habit. I don't know. It's, yeah. Let me ask you though. How often do you encounter someone who whistles? Because I I can't even remember the last time I heard a whistle. I, I don't remember the last time I heard someone actually do it, but um Besides a rape whistle. Have you seen Stepfather? Stepfather the horror movie? Yeah. Oh I, the yeah, actually I've seen the original. I mean, there's like three of them, right? Yeah, but that guy whistles. That's one of his he did things. Whistle. Terry yeah. O'Quinn. Actually the first Stepfather movie is phenomenal. Unbelievable movie. Great staple of horror. And, you know, that's like um, probably based on a true story, too. It is. It's loosely based off of uh, John List. Oh, really? Yeah, the serial killer who, well, he wasn't really a serial killer. He's more of a mass murderer. He murdered his whole family one day. Is he your oh, favorite what? serial killer? John List? No. Who's your favorite? I like, um, I've always been intrigued by Albert Fish. Yeah. He's just a real weird guy. And I read a, I read a, a book on him and, uh. It was just such a, it was like an older crime too, in like the early like 20s and shit. Was, just, he, was he swallowing needles or putting them up his ass? I forgot what it was. Yeah, he had them all in his pelvis. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, you must have seen the x ray photo where it Which is like, worse, though. Uh, uh, up the ass, you could probably shit them back out. Uh, in the pelvis, they looked like they weren't moving. No, I meant, would you rather swallow one? Or take it up the ass. Oh, good question. I'll swallow it. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll swallow it too. Yeah. All right, there is that motion. <laughs> Yo, we got three boys willing to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> JP, who's your favorite serial killer? I like Son of uh, Sam. Oh, because he talked to the bitches? 
The dogs. Yeah, we talk about the yeah. dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Those are all. It's very shows. heartwarming. <laughs> did you say? Did you say? <laughs> did you say heartwarming? Yeah, male best friend. Oh my god. <laughs> Who's yours? Uh, my favorite serial killer is just Bundy. Like, oh, she loves Bundy. She's I'm from sorry. Seattle, too. Like, I know it's basic, probably. Like, if there's a basic serial killer to like, I don't know if that's, like, a thing. But I love Ted Bundy. <laughs> Ted Bundy is <laughs> serial killers. Like, I just think it's hilarious. He drew, like, he drove around in a yellow slug bug. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> well, he, dude, he escaped from prison multiple times, too. That's pretty crazy. He went to the same school as me, too. So I feel like there's some solidarity. Like, I don't know. Yo, did you get his locker? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I-, I found some ancient clues, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um... So there's different serial killers have like a ton of movies about them, right? So like my favorite Ted Bundy, some people will say like Silence of the Lambs has elements of Ted Bundy because he helped the cops with like Green River killing. So it's kind of like when they go interrogate questions or asking one serial killer questions about another serial killer. There's uh, the deliberate, deliberate strangler, the stranger beside me, extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile, which stars Zac Efron. If you haven't seen Zac Efron, you should see Zac Efron. Um, Ted Bundy. There's Ted Bundy: Legacy of Evil. I feel like there's one that we watched about Ted Bundy that I didn't find on this list. That's like a weird movie that you had. The the Ted Bundy one that there was one that I loved. That we that watched that it, it was, was crazy. Super it was realistic. Fun. Like the killing with the rock, like where he kills those girls with the rock on the beach and shit. And like But do you remember what that one was called? Because I don't I think, think it was, was just here. Ted Bundy. Oh, that is the yeah. Ted Bundy one. Yeah, okay. I think it was you seen that one, right, Brandon? Yeah, I have that one. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that yeah. one's good. On the cover, it's like yes, um, it's like yeah, an yeah. unknown actor for the most like a relatively unknown actor and like Yeah, came out early early thousand ish. Yeah, that one was really well done. I, I, I didn't really one. care for the new one. I didn't like. I the fell new asleep one on it. I don't know, but but I did too. But I like Zac Efron. I don't know. Uh, there's a ton of movies about Egin too. Like Psycho was kind of based on elements of Egin. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Silence of the Lambs again with Buffalo Bill, Ed Gein, Deranged Confessions of a Necrophile, Motel Hell, and then one that stars Steve Buscemi, Ed and his dead mother. Which I've never seen, but it sounds ridiculous. What? What is it called? Ed and his dead mother. That yeah. was the title. Ed and his what dead Steve mother. Buscemi? With Steve Buscemi. So I saw that that exists, and that now I want to check that out. I don't know. Yeah, my friend had an idea to make a flashlight that was Steve Buscemi's mouth. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know if I love that or hate no. it. I'd be second guessing everything the entire time. Um, <laughs> then there's. Eileen Wuornos, speaking of second-guessing everything, there's Eileen Wuornos, the monster movie, right? That one was crazy. Yeah, yeah. There's Jeffrey Dahmer movies, Dahmer and My Friend Dahmer. Uh, I like I like that Jeffrey Dahmer, or uh, is it Jeremy Renner as Jeffrey Dahmer? I like that one. That was cool. Gene, did oh, yeah. you, Gene, did you say you, you saw My Friend Dahmer? I think so. Uh, I saw when he was younger, his story and shit. Yeah, it's it's a newer movie. That was a good movie. That was really well done. It's it's actually based off a comic book, a graphic novel, that is uh, excellent. 
It's um, dope. And the guy who made the graphic novel actually went to high school like with him. That that's legitimately like his story. That one is actually that's a real good movie that parallels fact um, yeah. really closely. And uh, it's not a lot of bullshit. It's that guy's stories, you know. This is some from Hereditary, isn't it? Well, I'm sorry. What was it? Isn't like the uh, the guy that plays the son in Hereditary? Isn't that? Uh, yes. Oh yeah. You're oh right. my god. He's, he's real good. Every time I think about him, I just picture him smashing his head against the desk. Yeah. See, it's, it's so funny. Good. I picture me oh, smashing yeah, his head against the desk. But oh my god. It's almost the same. And then okay, so like apparently Scream was a. There was this guy, the Gainesville Ripper, who killed five students in Florida by knife over a three-day period, and that was supposedly said to inspire Scream. There's a lot of, like, Wes Craven inspirations that are drawn to, like, specific stories. I don't know. And then um, there's The Town That Dreaded, the town that dreaded Sundown. That movie's dope. Uh, that about that Texarkana movie that's still unsolved. There's the Frozen Ground starring Nicolas Cage and uh, John Cusack. You remember that one? And Selena Gomez, I believe, about that guy, that serial killer that was in uh, Alaska that would just, like, hunt people. Yes, that's that's crazy, huh? I heard about that one. Wasn't it, like, strippers or hookers or something? Yeah, it was And he would just let them run free? Yeah. On the other side of that coin, though, there was, like, like, a stripper who was a serial killer in Alaska, too. I'm that's just saying awesome. it's really hard to narrow this category down. So that's why I'm like talking about all of these and then I'm choosing one afterwards. <laughs> like, so. But I think you chose the right one with this. One of my all time favorite films. It's a really good movie. Um, a movie that when I saw it, it, this one changed me, I feel like. And as it should. I don't know if it changed you in the right way. Henry Portrait of a Serial yeah. Killer. Have you guys seen that? It's one of my favorites. That one is so good. JP, have you ever seen it? We're going to make you watch it and you're not going to be the same after. <laughs> but like your point being like loosely based on a true story, like the Lucas murders, uh, Henry Lucas and Otis O'Toole is also in the film too. Um, and it's so loosely based on Henry Lucas and Otis O'Toole's murders. Um, but it's a fucking damn good movie. It's disturbing. It's one of the rawest, grittiest, Serial killer movies out there. Yeah. You just feel like you're beside the serial killer in that movie. And um, particularly, like, it got the the X rating initially, which I guess was like a death brand back in the day. He was saying, like, McNaughting, like, he couldn't play it many places when he got that rating. But I guess they worked out some stuff to change the rating system around when that movie came out. Um but the home invasion scene, particularly disturbing. Oh, um, even some of the ones that didn't show any violence, I found very disturbing. Like when he followed the woman home from the grocery store and pretended to be um, like a, like a pest exterminator or something. Like, yeah. like some, there were certain scenes in the film where nothing actually happened. But Michael Rooker is just so cold and chilling in the film. Uh, yeah. That you just you're just afraid for anyone who's on screen almost. Apparently, that dude was a method actor, and he stayed in character. Like it took them a month to film the movie. He stayed in character the entire time, and his wife was pregnant, and she refused to tell him until after he was done playing this character, this complete creep, to tell him that she was pregnant because she didn't want to fuck with it. 
That's awesome. Thank God. The funny thing about Lucas is um, I won't get into the details about it. There's actually a documentary on Netflix about it, about how um, he didn't actually murder as many people as they say he murdered. Um, long story short, in a nutshell, um, he did he did some pretty fucked up things. Uh, the media, this Texas jail that had him, was, the media was paying a lot of money to get interviews with him. So, like, all these big, like, news organizations were paying, like, a certain amount of money per hour per minute to interview with him. So they started making him take credit for murders that he didn't commit. And there's, like, all these, like, um, family members of these, these uh, victims who were like, there's no way he killed this person. When they closed the case, they oh, definitely him. And there's a lot of controversy behind it. So yeah, I read the book about it. Um, I won't get into all the details. It's actually a really crazy story, but there's a whole documentary on Netflix about it right now, too. The Confession but, Killer, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, they used... Uh, Henry Lee Lucas used it almost uh, in a political way to get service. Like he had cable in his cell. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, it and, said that he was after uh, milkshakes, TV, and steak. Yep. Yeah. Well, George Bush, when he was the senator of Texas, too, he pardoned Henry Lee Lucas. Yep. Executed the oldest woman to ever be executed and the youngest man that would be executed in electric chair, but pardoned the man that murdered 70, supposedly 70 people. So. There's there's some people that believe um, he only killed his mother, you know, yeah. like, but I mean, uh, you know, there, I remember he was also associated with that famous orange socks murder. Uh, yeah. The young girl they, that was nameless all but for her orange socks. And uh, yep. yeah, but like you said, essentially, Texas and uh, they were just cleaning up fucking house, putting any case on him and he was taking it. And, um, you know, just throwing spaghetti against the wall till it stuck, you know? And there's a little side there, like uh, Otis. Um, you know, you know, you know America's Most Wanted guy, his son got decapitated? Yeah, they said that, that they thought, for the most part, that it was pretty definitive that it was, that it was Otis O'Toole, right? Yeah, yeah. What's, That's crazy. Dude, you know what's weird? I hear some people call him Otis, and then other people call him Otis. And I don't know why. Otis is that's not a name. I know that's so weird. That yeah. was what the people make it about themselves. It's so weird. But either either way, Otis O'Toole was a fucking weirdo. But what you would know? you guys confess for? Like, would it be uh, fucking milkshakes? Uh, My milkshakes bring all the boys to the bar. I'm a big cheese guy. I might go mozzarella sticks. Maybe I could. That's see all me it takes. Like, that. that's the freedom you would give up. <laughs> yeah, just just um, bring me like some fuck integrity. Give me bring me some cock shaped cheese, and uh, you know we're good to go. I mean, I might do it for pizza rolls. <laughs> for pizza rolls, what? But JP, what would what would what's your favorite? What's your what's your guilty pleasure? As far as food. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us what you want, I guess. It seems like you got something on your chest now. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I like snacks. I just like snacks. Yeah. <laughs> it's a curse. I like see, I like eating chips and and little cream pies. Oh yeah, you do you love the dirty ass chips, right? Yeah, it's catching up on me though. What's a dirty ass chip? Like, he'll eat, like, a fucking flaming hot Dorito, won't you? That's, that's good. 
and the <laughs> the Takis. Oh, Takis are so oh good. Oh my god, Takis. Yeah. The MSG like they they almost don't in your mouth. <laughs> exactly, they don't they don't taste like edible almost. <laughs> it's yeah, it's really like extraterrestrial. <laughs> Dude, like yeah, it's like these are too intense to be edible. <laughs> I heard of people getting fucking hospitalized over too much ingestion of like flaming hot Doritos. Is that you guys heard about that? Fucking cow. I heard <laughs> <laughs> fucking pussy ass motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, I heard there was a rapper, Little Zanny, or something like that. Little Zanny? Like, Zanny? What a bitch. <laughs> Little Xanax or whatever. Is that cotton? You got hospitalized for, like, eating a giant bag of hot Cheetos. Coward. <laughs> he just kept eating them and eating them. <laughs> Yo, my biggest fight against the Cheeto, and next is the Dorito. You know, that like, he, he can make a song about it, you know? Yeah, I, that's true. I just find it really hard to believe that his name is Little Zandy and it was hot Cheetos that made him go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> right? Call me crazy. <laughs> I feel like there was some kind of drug thing going on here. Possibly. Just it's possibly. Gotta <laughs> say it's not a true story. <laughs> right? That's a fucking true story, dude. Right? <laughs> that really, that is a great segue into our next category. Man versus nature. Uh, <laughs> the survival. Oh, shit. Right? Uh, so these are like your stranded animal attacks or survival horror movies. Uh, <laughs> there's not one on man versus Cheeto, but there's like Jaws, there's Blackwater. Uh, there's certain documentaries that you could kind of argue are horror films. Uh, there's one called Frozen that's like a ski lift movie based yeah. off true events where someone gets stuck. That one's crazy. I just went with the obvious one that is the most um, hyped as being inspired by true events because the true events are so insane with open water. Have you guys seen that one? I did. Yeah. JP, have you seen that? Open water? Is that the... It's like a... They're the like... Sharks? Yeah, exactly. So this one's from 2003. Yeah, I've seen it. Yep. And it's like... I, I, like, I think me and Aaron really enjoy watching these, like, survival horror ones a lot of the times. Especially the ones where they're stranded in water. Just because it's yeah. so insane to think about. Well, what can you do? And that's when it really matters that it's based off of a true story to me. I don't know why, but like I, I, I do someone love. survived afterwards or they couldn't find somebody after, but they know that that happened to them. I do. Absolutely. For some reason, whenever there's a movie involving isolation and water, I just yeah. love it. I don't know. Some of them can be really badly done. A like, lot of them. <laughs> and they, they use, there are some, don't get me wrong, there are some that fucking suck and it's like, oh, you will turn it off. Struck-nado. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like any of the open water movies is is pretty decent, you know? Do you guys remember that made-for-TV movie a long time ago, uh, Mission of the Shark? No. I don't think I heard of that, no. It's a true story. It's about some military vessel um, that sank, and all these men were on these rafts. These, these tiger sharks were picking them off. 
Um, it's fucking terrifying and crazy, but it's like, I, essentially it is horror, but it's a movie about, I thought they were the boat. Um, all these guys are on the tiny rafts can hold everybody, and like they're just getting picked off by fire sharks. Oh man, what That's was it called again? A uh, mission of the shark. Oh, cool. Hopefully, That's I can a, track that down. That sounds familiar. That's the I other promise. thing that I find insane about these movies is like it's not like it's a Jaws, it's not like it's a mechanical thing. They're using real sharks to film this. So in making the movie, they're putting themselves at risk a lot of the times that they're reenacting these survival ones. Um, like, even when they filmed The Thing, you know what I mean? Like, that was a crazy setting to film people in. Like, yeah. just freezing temperatures and stuff. It's like you're putting people at risk, and I think that's one thing that's crazy about thinking about these movies are not only inspired by true events, they're putting people into true events that could cause them to also meet a horrific death and it must do you guys think it sucks to be like a fucking like dog actor too it's like (laughs) dude i don't want to do this shit you know and like i don't want to i don't want to fucking swim down a waterfall (laughs) you know like dude if there's food they'll do anything like what was the movie where they're throwing the german shepherd in the water that got in trouble by like um aspca and like PETA? um it was recent it was been that's, years. that's what i was, was thinking of I, I can't remember the name of it but i remember people were like pretty pissed off because they saw the dog was like he didn't want to be doing it you know and like it did kind of seem abusive german a little shepherd bit off a fucking boat yeah <laughs> they just kept doing that's, it too right like it's like dude dogs love that <laughs> Yeah, even when they're pissing themselves and, and shivering, right? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You know, you know what's true in like film was um, uh, Herzog's Grizzly Man. Uh-huh. Did you guys see that? Yeah, did, but they didn't show the footage of him getting eaten at the end, right? They didn't, but that's like a real man versus nature horror. They, they played an audio of it. Like, they make his, like the guy's mom was into it because Herzog is a sadistic motherfucker. Um, but yeah, <laughs> or girl, yeah. Oh my god! Oh, did you? Um, that there was that one. Um, Backwoods was it? Oh, Backwoods! Did you oh, watch that? That's great, dude. That that's you know, bear. I don't want to give anything away, but um, I'm going to. That gore, <laughs> that bear fucking shreds that dude is intense. Well, and I think the beautiful thing about the movie Backwoods is that the whole time. They successfully have you believing that the yeah. film is about this deranged backpacker who's going to come and do something fucked up to this couple. And then you find out like about midway through that the film has nothing to do with that. And it's actually something way more terrifying than any any human could be, you know? They do a great job of swerving with that. That part is like hanging on by a little – they sort of like pull it right off. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I think a lot of what makes these ones successful is that it's extreme conditions in a short amount of time. So it's easier to replicate than like a long-term true story. So it's like, like even that movie where fucking uh, James Franco cuts his arm off, where it's like he's stuck. Like, I forget what it's called. Um... One, oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. numbers. 120 That's I can't minutes remember. or some, 120 something. 120 days. Something like that. But like, or there's another movie where it's a horror movie where people are trapped inside a sauna. Like, it's like yeah. 247 degrees. Like, that's mildly based off of a true story. 
But like all of these ones, I feel like it's like you're replicating what would happen in a short period of time. And so it makes for a great movie and great suspense because it's like almost real time. A lot yeah, it's it. like real time. Well, you know what's another good one? And I don't know if you guys have seen this, but obviously not the Disney movie, but Frozen. And it's... um. Yeah. Adam Green? Yes. Yeah. Did you did you guys talk about that already? A little bit. I love that movie. And Adam Green is just, uh, he does awesome stuff, you know, like in general. And I just. I got a little bit of a crush on Adam Green. He's kind of cute, too. <laughs> <laughs> did you see, did you ever watch the fucking um, Jack o' Lantern carving skit that he did? Oh, I have a crush on that dude, too, the Jack Chop. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jack Chop. He's, yeah, Jack Chop. There it is. He, but, well, he's Kids down in Dorchester. Oh, yeah. You can go look him up. In well, Brockton. And he's from here, and the closest thing they had to, like, a true story was in Vermont, where this lady got stuck on a ski lift for inside a gondola. She, like, got on at 3.15. They closed the lifts at 3.30, and she got stuck on a gondola and sued for, like, $500,000. She was stuck for five hours, but there were no wolves. She was in a gondola. She wasn't exposed. Like, that was the closest you could get to a real story. Did she have to piss her pants? She probably just peed because, like, you've been in those gondolas in Vermont. Like, I mean, you could do whatever you want in there. Oh, yeah. They were pretty nice. Gondola or ski lift? Was she, like, She was in a gondola. She got a half mil for a gondola? Yeah, but you got... We saw recently there was an ad for a gondola movie coming out where it was, like, someone was attacking them when they were inside of a gondola. Oh, that's already out. It was... it's It's on fucking Prime or something. I don't know. If you're going to get stuck on a lift, you, a gondola is your best bet. You're inside of a fucking pod. You're safe. You're safe. <laughs> Shut up. You can't get COVID in a pod. It was so uh. fucking yuppie. You know she was so pissed off. Like, oh, God. I don't even know. Can like, you imagine her ski outfit? <laughs> <laughs> Five hours in a gondola. Wah. Wah, wah, wah. Um, Here's one of free money. Try going to the DMV in Cranston. I've been there for seven hours. <laughs> Get over Fucking it. Fucking fuck dumb that bitch. <laughs> I think her name was Nadia, too. So fuck uh, you. There you go. So, uh, fucking open water. They had a hundred twenty thousand dollar budget, and it was a husband and wife team doing it. They used real sharks because they they didn't film it in Australia, where the real story was from. They had a hundred and twenty hours of water footage, and the actors were wearing chain mail under their wetsuits. So what they would do was they would take these actors out, they would throw them in the water, and like they were normally shark tours. So once they once the engines stopped on the boats, that's when all the sharks would show up, and there were like forty five to fifty sharks that would just show up. They didn't even have to throw anything in the water for them. Oh um, man, what the fuck, dude? This is unheard <laughs> of. Fucking terrifying. It, but you know, it and, what sucks about that. So. My, my biggest break with that film is the footage of the shark is so choppy and slack and you can't tell what's happening. I really wish they got like some underwater footage, you know what I mean? So it's like, it goes to the shark and it's like camera flash water, you can't see what's happening. So for all of the actors sacrificing themselves, it's like the footage they got kind of sucked. Yeah, but at the same time, did you feel like that drew you in more? Because it's like, if you were the one floating in the water, you wouldn't be able to see shit. That's true. That's true. But I think it like it kind of takes away from the suspense because you can't really tell what's happening. No, no, you're right. I guess that would be more realistic to what you would see. Yeah, I feel like they they the the few shots that they had underwater were just like 
brief shots of injuries. Yeah. Um, yeah. They said they had real shitty cameras. Yeah, it shows. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, the true story was January 25th, 1998, where Tom and Eileen Lonergan were experienced divers in Australia's Great Barrier Reef, so not where the movie was filmed, uh, and their dive boat crew just left them behind, just like in the movie. And two days passed, and then finally people realized they were missing, even though they left their shit on the boat, just like in the movie. Um, so they were never seen again, and their bodies were assumed to be lost at sea. So looking at into this crime, apparently like they read both of their diaries. They both had diaries and they both hated their lives and each other. So they think it might have been a suicide pact, but they're not sure. Whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> Which that would have been crazy in a movie too. <laughs> Actually, I'm glad you said that because like I felt like her weird tension in that movie was so distracting and stupid, but like that actually like brings an element to it. So because um, I feel like their, their reactions to the situation were so weird, but like if that was the case and that was like a possible motive or thing to happen, that's a that makes it more interesting actually. Right? Because before you're like, why do you guys hate each other so much? Because <laughs> there's no background. It's just like you show up and you're there. Well, you you know what's weird? It's like you think um, for that one. I mean, um, as far as the truth factor goes, I mean, we have no fucking clue. The most of the truth is is after they jump off the boat, all the truth stops. The rest yeah. is just kind of embellishment, right? With this one. Mm. It is fucking terrifying. Sharks might be the most terrifying creature on the planet. Well, especially we feel helpless in the water, you know? Like we're to we're totally uh we can't really use our devices. Yeah. yeah, very susceptible. I'm not going to lie. I wish that we had rows of teeth so I didn't have to like give a shit about taking care of them. But other than that, yeah, sharks are terrifying. There might be a story like that in my upcoming book, Nightmare Nirvana. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my next category, number four, is unexplained events. And are there any horror movies that you guys feel are the least likely to be inspired by true events? Um, or like categories of horror, the, like the gate, <laughs> the oh, gate, <laughs> um, demons, mm-hmm. like like not like clearly not like definitely not true event, like Army of Darkness or something like that, yeah, like where it's yeah. like all demons and it's just all it all seems like fantasy, yeah, focused on hell, leprechaun. <laughs> Leprechaun. Hell yes. I fucking hope Leprechaun is real. Yo, <laughs> you've never, you never been in the hood. Right? There's so many of them that are just like so far away. Leprechaun in space was funny. I can see that happening. That's, that's a little true story. Leprechaun? <laughs> well, did you guys ever see that news article about in the in the hood like it was like legitimately like a ghetto ass hood and like they seen a fucking leprechaun like dead serious about it what's that it was in mobile alabama Uh, was it (laughs) did they did they exactly what he's talking about did they quote the guy and like (laughs) the guy that they're interviewing he's like yo if the leprechaun he's like yo i want to know where to go that (laughs) like he's like yo where to go that then you know is that the same one? 
So I guess it's based on true story. That character, <laughs> the, the, yeah, the sketch of Leprechaun that they pull up is so good. Yeah, and like they're like, dude, if there's a fucking Leprechaun, he has gold. Like, we're going to find that shit. You know? Yo, if you leprechaun, say hey. <laughs> yeah, run your pockets. <laughs> <laughs> Leprechauns love social distancing. Um, so this would be like your alien abduction or different sightings. I guess it would include leprechauns. I didn't even think about that before. Or fantastic beasts. Um, so Mothman prophecies and fire in the sky we talked about on an earlier episode with Travis Walton. Who's a really cool guy. If you order a book from him, he'll send you like an autographed copy and a CD and shit. Yeah, he's dope as fuck. And that movie is actually terrifying. Agreed. I love that. I think that's the best abduction movie. Agreed. But the one I'm going... Right? It's so good. It's It's fucking terrifying and it's a true story. The guy is extremely articulate. He sells his biography and his experience of what happened. He's... I don't know. It's like, it's just a crazy story. Um, I believe him. It's hard not to believe him. That That's what I'll put out there. So the one that I went with was The Blob, <laughs> which apparently was inspired by true events. So the movie, there's a 1958 version of the movie starring Steve McQueen. I, I don't know which one people are more familiar with. I feel like it has to be the older one. But there's a remake in 1988 as well by the, Chuck Russell. It, the the 88 one is actually real good. They're both good. It's a must see. Ha, have you seen the 88 one? It's one of the best movies. It's fucking fantastic. Yeah, I was blown away. Like I I had this vision of it what, being a child when the bum gets it on his hand and he's screaming. Yeah. And like it just burned into my memory after I saw it. And yo, you love that bum, right? I love bums. And then <laughs> when I when I became older recently, I we rewatched it. Recently, <laughs> I became a little older recently, and uh, I rewatched it. And um, dude, I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this movie is so. F- it was way better than I ex- than I like expected it to be for sure. That is how you do a remake. Like that is how you fucking do it. Like, yeah, they nailed it. One of your funny Steve McQueen story is kind of like not that funny, but kind of funny. So I used to live with um, this, one of my best friends used to live with her back in college. She was obsessed with Steve McQueen, had posters everywhere in her bedroom, um, loved him, all his movies. So we got drunk one night and went to the phone book and she found this guy named Steve McQueen. (laughs) We started calling him like every weekend and she would call him up and be like, talk to him like he was Steve McQueen. But it, this weird, like, um, like Patty Hearst syndrome thing happened. The guy just started pretending to be Steve McQueen. <laughs> so we would call him, and they would talk on the phone for like an hour every weekend for like I'm not even kidding, like maybe like five months. And he would pretend to be Steve McQueen. Did they become best friends? They never met, but um, it was interesting. Wait, <laughs> like, how you, have something- you wanted to go meet him? I feel like she should meet him. He was a firefighter, but like, but like, amazing. (laughs) That's so cool. Like, he went with it too. Like, that's her soulmate. (laughs) The first like month, he did not go with it. He was like, I think you have the wrong number. I'm not the actor, Steve McQueen. And she's like, But I think you are the actor, Steve McQueen. How are you on the set of blah, blah, blah? And then he was hanging up. But then he eventually just started pretending to be Steve McQueen and went went along with this like weird fantasy for like, uh, I want to say like half a year. 
<laughs> like, do you ever wonder about him? I feel like that's like one of those things, like those like shower thoughts. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you'd be like, whatever happened to Steve McQueen? The firefighter. The fire dot 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 the firefighter. <laughs> True story. That's fucking crazy. And that's what inspired the movie The Blob. Along with this other true story of these Pennsylvania no, yeah. Southern they're from South Philly. Uh cops. This was published in the Philadelphia Inquirer. So it's like a localized uh, gossip magazine, I guess. But it was called The Flying Saucer Just Dissolved. So they saw this thing that they thought was a parachute fall to the earth, and then when they approached it, they saw that it was purple and it was dissolving what was underneath it. And so they called the FBI and wanted them to investigate it, even though they knew that by the time the FBI got there, there wouldn't be anything left. And that's what inspired the blob. And that's a true story. Who would have thought that the blob was based off a true story? Right? That's weird. But it's the exact opposite of the blob, which absorbs everything. This one, it just goes into the ground and turns out. Yeah. It's just weird. There are, There was some other stuff that, like popped up about the blob when I was looking it up where it's like during different meteor showers uh, different things would show up like different types of fungus would show up that would dissolve things or like frogs would like lay eggs during that that would look really weird and dissolve things like I don't know there's weird stuff associated with the blob that said it was based on factual events I feel like we would be remiss if we didn't uh, mention Slither Along with these these movies, that's that's a great script. That is, but and, I don't uh, know if it's inspired by true events, but I hope so. <laughs> I just wanted to mention it. The cool thing about Slither, um, I think that movie's fantastic. But like, um, it's it's about like the life cycle of this like this extraterrestrial parasite, and I think like they base the life cycle of that parasite on like real life parasites. They live out their life cycle through different animals and mediums. It was cool how the whole thing kind of like. You know, like, it's reproductive cycle, how it all went. Uh, very similar to, like, some um, some barnacles. It's very similar to um, uh, some other parasites that act like ants. Um, yeah, I won't go into all that shit, but that's the base of the group stuff, too. It's kind of cool. Right? It's like you have to insert some element of credibility into a fantastic movie for people to be able to enjoy it. Otherwise, you're stuck on thinking this is not real the entire time. Like Jurassic Park, right? Like... No matter what it is, you have to have some something credible in it to allow the audience to suspend their disbelief, right? Yeah. Unless you're David Lynch. Unless you're David Lynch. Uh, even Cronenberg had some shit. Like that one with the twins, the twin gynecologists or whatever. Yeah. Like that shit's based off real life too. There were twin gynecologists that would do weird shit. Anyways, I didn't talk about that one. Did you see, by the way, Brennan, did you see Rabid, the remake? Um, I have not. Once it's streaming, I'll watch it. Um, I, I, I will say, if you're going to remake a movie, remake a weird, oddball thing like Rabid, um, the, yeah, uh, the, the trailer of it, everything is kind of, I don't know. Have you seen it? We did. And he I fell heard- asleep, though. Well, I fell asleep towards the end, but it, it wasn't because it was bad. Um, it's because he was high. 
I thought I actually thought it was um, it was better than I thought it was going to be. I, I like the Soska sisters um, overall, um, but I heard a lot of like very critical stuff about the movie. And while it's not a perfect movie, it's still a movie that I feel like people would be entertained if they watched. You know, I, that's how I would I would rate it. I was really into the beginning of it. Yeah, it lost me towards the end of it. A I, little bit, but I really liked it. Yeah, <laughs> but I like the original too because of how ridiculously eighties it is. Um, oh, so I, I'm just Cronenberg fans too. I mean, out of all of Cronenberg's movies, I'm not going to be picky about a rabid remake. I think that was, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. It's all fucking fun. It's all for fun. Yeah. Uh, my last category. I called extreme violence, even though I did not really choose one from that I felt was extremely violent. Oh, I know. I'm disappointed in myself as well. However, I just really like the story that it's based off of. Um, So this would be things like kidnappings, brutal murders that aren't serial killers, um, drug cartels, gangs. uh, My personal favorite, home invasions. Mm. Hitchhikers kind of goes in this category as well. Um, so there's Wolf Creek, which is the Hitchhiker Murders. That movie's dope. There's Hounds of Love, which I have not seen. This an Australian film about. I saw the, Hounds of Love. How was it? The preview I, made it look cool, but is it not cool? I it, it shot beautifully. It's actually like a gorgeous film. The acting is incredible. Um, I think. Struggled that the, the third act had a lot of issues for me, but the first act flawless is gorgeous. Dude, the dude looked real fucking maniacal with his mustache and wife beater. Yeah. Like that's the, the shit you need to make someone look crazy <laughs> to me. All three of the main actors, like, the, that guy, his wife, and the girl that they kidnapped, all yeah. three of them and nail it. It's it's brilliant. Um, it's it's shot beautifully. I think that that third act needed some editing, but other than that, it's worth watch. So it's like almost there. It's almost there. It's almost there. Okay, because that one I watched the preview and I was like, oh, this out of all of this, this is the one movie that I really want to watch. Um, give, it a, give it a watch. I'm also an asshole, so it might be really good. <laughs> no, I I hate almost everything. Um, and then there's the girl next door, which you told. What is the other one? The American American Crime Story. Yeah, based which off. One? Um, well, you're familiar with the girl next door, right? Yeah. Based off the Jack Ketchum book. Oh yeah, that movie. Based off up. a true story. Yeah, and then American <laughs> Crime Story. American Crime Story was another movie that was kind of like intertwined with it. Is that the one that you made me watch? That you had me watch? That that one? No, I don't think I don't think we watched that. Was it American Portrait or something? Like this, I, I'm not sure to be honest, but it's the one you suggested for me to watch on Amazon Prime. Is it that one? I don't think so. No, this one is like uh, about like a girl that gets trapped in a basement, essentially. The Jack Ketchum one? Yeah, and like they're like like torturing her, and it's like oh yeah. I feel like you've seen this. It's like kids go there too, and there's this evil woman that tortures the girl. I saw that one. What was the second one you said? American Crime Story. Now, right? Yeah, I don't heard that. That was like a more popular, uh, like a, 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 a like a higher budget movie, I believe. That is on the same vein of it. Huh. 
But then there's also like Borderland. Uh, there's Slenderman, which it's like the actual girls were real and that. Um, but I chose this movie called Stuck from 2007 that's directed by Stuart Gordon, who is famous hmm. for Reanimator and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He also worked on Body Snatchers and oh, Castle Stuart Freak. Gordon did Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Oh, hell yes, he did. Yeah. He has, dude, he has like an illustrious career. It's fucking wow, weird. Wow, that just blew my mind. I had no idea. That's the only one that really feels different than the other movies in his wheelhouse. But, wow. Uh, and also The Dentist, which is amazing. Oh, The Dentist and is, like is arguably based on True Story itself. Super overlooked, great the horror one movie. One and two. Yeah, because yep. they get the same dentist, and and it's like a continue. It feels like a solid continuation. What is it? Um, the filth, the grime, right? <laughs> when he's fucking, he just hates the fucking nastiness. But movies are really like like Cinemax, like softcore porn, but instead of like sex, it's like death scenes. It's like that caliber. I love it. Yeah, exactly. He's, He's ridiculous. He's just like, he's very silly and you can just tell he's silly. Well, you know, there's a thing though with like, like, like you said, just like, it's like Cinemax, but with death instead of sex, there's a period in film where a lot of, there was a decent amount of these movies and some of them are really good. And I feel like, I don't know if that type of film is ever going to be able to be like recreated again. I feel like the batch of them that we got was just what we got. I don't, I don't know how you would make something like that again. It just had its, its own vibe, you know? It'd be very yeah. difficult. Very difficult. It's like that Ridge Dude Diaries lighting, that, like, just, like, that shitty, like, like um, smooth jazz score. Um, right down to the clothing. The clothing, too, is, like, the, that weird 90s kind of preppiness. Let's hope that never comes back. Lots of lingerie, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> Um, but in this movie, so Mina Suvari, who I love for whatever reason, she plays a nurse that after partying hits a guy with a car and he gets stuck in her windshield and she just parks it in her garage and tries to figure out what to do. Uh, spoiler alert. She tells a friend about the guy in the windshield who manages to like go over there. He shoots the, the guy in the windshield shoots her friend and then escapes, and she burns in her own garage. Um, so it's kind of more of a comedy than anything else. But uh, the true story is that after partying with weed this and ecstasy and uh, alcohol, this former nurse assistant hits a homeless guy who was lodged into her windshield. And then she went home, had sex with her boyfriend, and then later, she would check on the guy in her windshield every once in a while. Like, you have to remember she had been partying, and who knows what she thought was real. And she kept going in and checking on him every once in a while. She got caught because four months later, she went to another party, and she was talking about it. And she's like, yo, I hit this white man. And that's what she said to her friend, and she got caught. And, and the interesting part about this is that um, Stuart Gordon chose Providence, Rhode Island as the setting in the film, although the actual uh, crime took place in Texas, I believe. Yep. Um, but 
very well done very well done movie like this this is a this is a real <coughs> under the radar sleeper yeah she got cornrows the whole movie she does yeah. the real the real person was black and Mini Subari is not but she she does the cornrows at least <laughs> Jared Leto did it <laughs> appropriate cultural but like what kind of exits are you on where you someone's in your windshield and you don't care like this. This yeah. sounds like some bath call. It's like PCP shit. No, she's just a bitch. Well, and and this is this Wait, is. So she drove to the she drove to the other party with the guy still on the windshield. No, no, no. She drove home and like hit and him in the garage. Hit him in the garage, kind of deal. But then later she went to a different party, like after the whole shit was situated with him. After her friend helped. Drop the body off in a park. Four months later, yeah. she was at a party. Oh, okay. But the Four night that she came later? home with him in her windshield, she fucked her boyfriend. Like, no big deal. Wait, he was in her windshield for four months? No, he was in her windshield for <laughs> two days. Two days. Still a long time. But the great part, and I think what, what people will appreciate when watching this movie is that they did it. This is an example of twisting the truth in a great way. Yeah, because um, the homeless character in the film, you just feel for him the whole time, and he does a great. He's a he's a, he's in some other shit, but he's a great yeah, actor. He's one of those guys you recognize but don't know what he's in. And um, in real life, obviously, he passed away. But in the way they made this movie, it was like a great story of survival, kind of, and uh, uh, you just very happy for that character, you know, like. A few movies stand out like that to me where I'm like super fucking amped for a character to do something. In this movie, you're just amped for him to get out of that fucking windshield because his life has been ruined essentially in the film uh, before any of this happens. And he's just completely down on his luck and you're really pulling for him. You're making a great argument to like alter truth for movies inspired by true events into what should have happened. For this one, I think it's it's done masterfully you know but they had a they had a great director with it so i'm sure that plays into it to the guy in real life did he live or did he die he died fuck yeah so it's like kind of sad the, the, the real life version of it yeah it what did i miss though ago, like the hey lady thanks for the ride uh thing yeah <laughs> oh god <laughs> Do so you guys have him? Is that the story? Like she hits that like the hitchhiker. She was just not paying attention at all, high on ecstasy, and then the next moment, the dude's in her windshield. Wait, the one in Creep Show? Oh wait, in Creep Show. Wait, say that again. Like the hey lady, thanks for the ride thing. Remember, like uh, didn't she hit like uh, a hitchhiker or something? Oh, which one is that? The first? That's not the first one, is it? I don't remember. There's a couple things in Creepshow that came up on this. Like, I don't know. Oh, a couple things on this one? Yeah, but I can't really remember them. But, like, I mean, the blob is kind of similar to, like, that thing. The meteorite one, right? With the green shit. Yeah. Well, there's stories, too, of, like, random blobs of slime on people's yards. It turns out it's, like, you know, airplanes dumping weird shit on people's lawns. Like, the actual, like, you know, the stuff that's in there, like, the plain septic thing kind of thing. Oh, God. Can you imagine? 
or like or like um when Dave Matthews band tour, <laughs> tour yeah. bus went over that uh that bridge, you know? And shit on all those people in a boat. But okay, this will be this will be how we close this. Do you guys have do you guys have a true experience from your life that you think would make a really good horror movie? Like I can think of a thousand that JP's told us. <laughs> Um, but I'm having, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, JP pick yours and then let's have the guest, the guest Brandon do it. Since it's really JP, hard. Cause I could pick some for JP. JP's let's let well, him kick it off since his life is so My bizarre. main pick would be the Headley Avalon. But was it, would there be anything in particular? Get Brandon wanted a detail of it before. Give him, give him something to oh. work with. <laughs> um, I think the one that sticks out is the mosquitoes, right? Yeah, that one that so, one disturbed me. So tell the mosquito story, and for anyone who wants to hear the full house on Headley, that's our first episode. Yeah, so I lived in this this house in Headley F, and uh, a lot of weird stuff was happening. I'll give you like a little snippets of it. Like uh, the TV would turn on when it was unplugged. Um, there'd be like someone holding me like the bed would like cave in like someone's laying down next to me um and like i wouldn't be able to move and then what like one particular night there was a it was like pitch black in my room and i was hearing like a lot of fluttering and you know and i wasn't really sleeping well because all the stuff that was happening so i looked up and it looked like the ceiling was moving and uh, I go to turn on the light, and my entire ceiling is full of mosquitoes. Oh, and there was shit. no windows open. So, Fucking terrifying. Like, the entire, like, after I left my room, the rest of the house is full of mosquitoes as well. Everything so like, Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the thing. Like, there's, when there's evil, supposedly, in, in houses, like, a lot of insects are involved. Uh, and yeah, you, but it wasn't all in my head. Unlike the other stuff that people might, might excuse, but like my mom and sister seen it too. And you, you said you guys killed it with like brooms and it was like blood all over the fucking ceiling and shit, right? Yeah, we, we were, we were uh, trying to like kill them all with like throwing shoes and like brooms and stuff. And it would just, it looked like a mass massacre. And the, the weird thing is like, they were all full of blood, but there was like, none of us got bit. There's nowhere where they could have got in as far as I could tell unless they were in the walls or something somehow I don't I don't know it was just craziness fucking terrifying yeah that's fucking crazy especially your lighting off too and they're just all there that's just odd it's scary yeah yeah and uh there's no explanation you got a you got any real life story Brandon that that you think what could Stories, yeah. Um, the house that I moved into with a bunch of friends in Providence when we first moved here was like haunted, haunted. Um, I guess spent an hour talking about everything that happened there. Um, we had a psychic come and she verified, she went in, but she verified stuff that we saw. Like, it, it was it, pretty wild. Um, I know that's experienced like supernatural phenomenon. You know what it feels like, you know what it looks like. Um, it's something, I mean, I guess that'd be a fun story. Um, when my old band went on tour, like we're not, we were a big band, like underground weirdo, like rock band, noise rock band. There's like 
you bring like these DIY venues across the country, there's so many crazy, funny, bizarre things that are out there that happen that like are so worth documenting. I wish more bands would like come with it. Um, it's almost yeah, it's not scary, but it's just fucking wild and, and funny and interesting. Um, a lot of interesting people out there. <laughs> The, the freaks, the creeps, and the geeks, right? Yeah, like, hell yeah. They're the best fucking people. It's like actual, legit, sweet, benevolent, awesome human beings. Real people. Not that pretty shit you see on the cable TV. <laughs> no, know? not that fake shit. <laughs> that's that realness. What do you think? You think that's a good Great to wrap charts. up on? A good note? Yeah, unless you have any... Uh, real life events that you think could it well i think if you want to read about anything inspired by um aaron's real life horror events you should just read some of his books because they all have some root in real life yeah i think um a story from my first book to try the new candy the house sitting with dad story where um that's based off a real thing where i house sat with my father at this bizarre house that was just filled with porcelain dolls like everywhere. Um, hundreds of porcelain dolls in every room. And uh, it just felt like they were just like watching you the whole time. How could they not? Fuck yeah. dolls, dude. <laughs> Fuck That's dolls. Creepy. Get them away I, I from me. collect dolls. Like... <laughs> My mom collects dolls. <laughs> Does she have them all facing the same direction? Uh, yeah, towards her bed, which is creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, um, we do want to thank everyone for joining us on the Evil Examined podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, fucking, uh, and I think this was a good a good suggestion by uh, old gentleman Jack Ledger, the porn star banker, uh, letting us uh, get a good idea. Legend. So... <laughs> Thank you for that. If you guys send your ideas to, uh, what is it? Evil Examine. Evil Examine at gmail.com. Remember to <laughs> check out the Death Drop Gorgeous <laughs> website for updates or our Facebook or Instagram. And uh, Gene, next week, right? What do, what do we have uh, in store for them? All right, guys. Next week, from the people that brought you Super Killer. Yo, Killer Petey. Oh. Killer Petey? The Brazilian Dexter. Oh, <laughs> Yo, see? That's fucking... Oh, shit. Talk about equality. <laughs> you know? Talk about equality. Uh, this is this is going to be one for the ages, you know? Where we bring a, a, a tinge of Spanish delight uh, and murder. So we'll see you guys next week. Thanks again. And thanks again to uh, Brandon for joining us on the Evil Examine podcast.
house or anybody else was in there against their will.